You create your life with the stories you tell yourself. Want more fun, love, and money? Then write your new story and live into it. Louis DiBianco's podcast, Change Your Story, Change Your Life, shows you how to discover your empowering story. You'll meet many successful people who have created magnificent lives, even when the odds were stacked against them. Plus, you'll learn the secrets of great storytelling that can explode your business. And now, here is your host, Louis DiBianco. What happens when the story you're living, the story you thought you wanted, is making you unhappy? Do you, like many people, resign yourself to a life that's less than great? Or do you awaken your dreams, create a new story, and change your life? Hey, hello, storytellers, and welcome once again to another episode of Change Your Story, Change Your Life. I'm your host, Louis DiBianco. I'm excited to announce that our sponsor is Audible. They are offering you, our listeners, a free download of one of your favorite audio books. You get to choose from 180,000 titles. And you also get a one-month free trial of Audible's entire service. Simply go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power. That is www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power. For your convenience, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and TuneIn Radio, as well as the website ChangeYourStoryPodcast.com. Because the theme of the show is Change Your Story, Change Your Life, I've created a free gift for you, my listeners. It is an ebook called Storytelling Secrets for a Rich Life in Business. You can download it immediately at www.changeyourstorypodcast.com. One of the most rewarding things in this podcast for me is my ongoing dialogue with you, my storytellers, my listeners. Let's continue that dialogue. Keep sending your comments about what you're getting from the show and what you'd like to see in it going forward. Send them to Lewis, L-O-U-I-S, at changeyourstorypodcast.com. I promise to read every message I receive and to choose some of them to share with you on the show. Today's guests are a couple who tried to live by the stories that society gave them. They discovered how limiting those stories were, so they created their own empowering story. Today, their passion and expertise is real estate. Not just making a lot of money buying and selling properties, no. They have created a vision that they share with people that creates wealth and an enriching lifestyle that liberates individuals and families from a life of struggle. They are Monica and Vaughn Jazik, real estate entrepreneurs and parents to four lovely children. It's my honor and pleasure to welcome them to the show today. Vaughn and Monica, welcome to Change Your Story, Change Your Life. 
Hi, Lewis. Thanks for having us. Hi, Lewis. Hey. Thanks for the great introduction. Hey, man. You know, well, you know, you created that introduction. I didn't. I'm just um, mirroring what you've done. And so with most of my guests, I like to begin at the beginning. So individually and briefly, where were each of you born? Well, I'll, I'll start on the boring one. I was born here in Canada, um, actually in Scarborough, and grew up in Markham. And I'm still a Markham resident. Okay. And I'm going to not let you get away with that. You can't call yourself the boring one. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's a lot more interesting than I am, so. Uh, I'll bet you that's not the case. But anyway, okay, where, where were you born, Vaughn? Uh, I was born in Australia in the uh, outback uh, Kimberley region. Okay. In a small, small town called uh, Wyndham, Western uh -huh. Australia. So how long have you been in Canada? Uh, since my wife uh, introduced me to Canada, I think it's been 12 years now. Uh-huh. Cool. And now we'll go back to Monica, who is not the boring one, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, give us a brief idea of what your childhood was like. Well, it was, um, it was a great childhood. I'm an only child, so that was interesting. Um, and like I said, I was raised pretty much from age five years old onwards. I was living in Markham. So it was just me and my mom and my dad and obviously our extended uh, family. And it was a lot of fun. Um, we did, played a lot of tennis growing up. And in the winters, we'd go to Blue Mountain um, ski area and we'd ski every weekend. And it was a lot of, a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, let, let me ask you this. Um, you said you're an only child, right? I'm, I, I am an only child, too. I'd like to know, what did your parents do? Well, my parents were actually entrepreneurs. Ah. Uh, my dad owned a steel company. Um, what, kind, called, what kind of company? A steel company. It was okay. called Stelpro, and it made steel products. And today, he actually ended up selling the company, and it's one of the top companies in Canada today. Um, so he did really well. He had three plants. And my mother is a very, very smart lady. She um, ran his whole accounting department. Wow. And so I, I grew up watching my parents, who are a very, very um, phenomenal couple. And they certainly enjoyed their life. And... She, um, they, they work side by side, kind of like Vaughn and I. So I always kind of really looked up to that. That's great. I'm always interested because, uh, you know, you're entrepreneurs today, as I am, and um, we happen to be a kind of strange breed. And it's interesting to know where the influences came from. Who would you say influenced you the most when you were growing up in terms of shaping your vision of the world? Well, my vision of the world was always quite unique, um, and it probably was not aligned with my parents um, in that regard. I've always been a bit of having my own views, and actually, which started at a very, very young age. I wasn't really um, a conformist to my parents' belief. I've always been quite individualistic in my beliefs, but the way that they did shape me was they always lived the life that they wanted. And I grew up watching that and knowing that with a lot of hard work and creativity and perseverance, you could really do anything that you want in this world. And um, 
I saw the freedom that, that they created in their lives through their entrepreneurialism. And another thing about my mother that's kind of interesting was, although she ran my dad's accounting department, and she was a whiz, um, a whiz business lady, she was a very good mother. And I can't remember one night that my mom wasn't home, you know, four o'clock every afternoon to cook um, these amazing homemade meals. She was such a great homemaker, as well as a business lady and a partner to my dad. And so that, I grew up seeing that as well, like a very hands-on mom who was always there for me um, and, you know, had a lot of these really admirable homemaking skills. So having her as a business, um, you know, role model as well as a homemaking role model, I really grew up in an environment seeing that you could really do both. Women really can uh, do it all. And she also always managed all the finances too and taught me that um, when you grow up um, and you run your own household, make sure you're always in charge of the money. That is great. That is great. So you got your sense of uh, um, your desire for the entrepreneurial independence from both parents. That's wonderful. And uh, what about you, Vaughn? By the way, guys, I just want to mention, uh, if you hear this, you hear that sound? Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's my personal assistant. And <laughs> my personal assistant, Pushkin. And um, I have no control over when she's going to demand attention. And uh, she's demanding attention right now. So we just live with it until she okay. shuts up. <laughs> she sounds very cute. She is very cute. And so, Vaughn, what about you? Um, you know, your childhood and the influences in your childhood. Uh, my childhood, I would say, would be great as well. We grew up in, I guess, rural Australia. Um, my dad was a foreman on a road crew, uh, maintenance of highways and roads in our area. Uh, and my mom was, I guess... I guess you could call her uh, kind of a, uh, I guess, a political leader in that area. Um, and my brothers and sisters, they were always uh, a large influence as well on on me because I there's nine of us. So I have, uh, there's four boys and five girls, right? So they've kind of um, protected me from the world majority of the time, I guess, because I was in the middle, right? So I've always had uh, lots of people around me. Wow, nine kids. That's incredible. So who would you say was your biggest influence when you were growing up with all that around you? Um, I would say, uh, I guess all of them had a part to play, right? Uh, I've had sisters there, which I could talk to, and I've had brothers there that I could talk to. I could also speak to my mom and my dad. So I, I guess uh, equally they've all uh, helped to, uh, uh, I guess, bring me to who I am today. Now, for each of you, did you have specific childhood dreams for who you wanted to be, or what you wanted to be, when you grew up? I was actually talking about this to Vaughn and to our kids the other day, um, which was really interesting because I, my dreams always changed. It was usually a professional goal. Um, like I'd want to be a lawyer, but rather than be a lawyer, I wanted to end up being a judge. Um, same with when I achieved my master's of teaching, 
um, my ideal goal, if I continued in that profession, would be to be a principal or a superintendent. Um, and the same thing, my original goal before teaching was supposed to be a family marriage therapist, but I, I wanted to have my own practice. And so it's kind of this common, I always had different goals. Those are the main three goals that I was, that I changed since a child. But even at eight, nine years old with that lawyer comment, it always ended with a bigger picture. Mm. So I was never really the kind of person that said, I'm going to be a teacher and teach kindergarten for 30 years. It always kind of served um, to a higher goal, I guess, because I've always been a very, very high achiever. So, so that was my, my sort of a uh, theme. That's great. Employment. It's great that you're aware of that too, that the theme was, that seems that you um, gravitated toward positions of leadership. Yeah, they, most of them were towards and helping. I think I've always been a real like um, I've always been in more of a helping profession. I love to help people and guide people and uh, bring positivity to people's life. Wonderful, wonderful. And what about you, Vaughn? Uh, I guess with the uh, childhood uh, dreams, I guess. Besides um, your usual stuff as you're growing up, we did a lot of horseback riding and a lot of cowboy stuff, right? So uh, that was pretty much what I was sort of like looking at doing because a young mind, right, didn't know anything uh, outside of a small community. So that's where I was stuck. And then I started playing uh, Australian rules football. And then uh, it led me down out of my small town into the city. And I played a couple of years down there. Uh, it was all interesting stuff. Uh, and I guess that's what my dream was going towards at that, uh, age of my life, um, being a professional, uh, AFL football player. So it was kind of, I guess a small dream I had at that point, right? That's fascinating. So how did each of you come to this journey, um, of becoming an entrepreneur and what kinds of work led you to the point where you became entrepreneurs? Well, when we were, after we were married, um, we soon expected our first child within the first year. And I was finishing up my master's of teaching. Um, and so everyone else that finished this program went directly into the classroom to complete this 12-week teaching prac. I was writing exams. This was like a week after our baby was born. Our first son was born. And so I had to delay it. I did not want to leave a week old baby as a new mom and go in the classroom for 12 weeks. It was just impossible. But I did in the same time have to complete this 12 week practicum within the first year. So I had um, eight months home with this baby. I was only 26 years old. And I was really learning, like I knew nothing about babies. I'm an only child, you know, like I didn't have much experience. So I, I didn't know anything about anything. I've never really worked full time. I've never, you know, did a teaching practicum. I've never been a mom before. So I'm kind of just open to feeling these new things out. And I thought that you basically go to this teaching practicum and it's easy. And I didn't even know what was happening afterwards, to tell you the truth. I didn't even really plan it. I guess I assumed I'd just teach and put my baby in daycare but two weeks into it I realized I cannot do this like I was not the A plus student I normally was I certainly wasn't an A plus mother um, and I was not even an A plus teacher like I was spreading myself thin in every single area 
So I said to Vaughn, like, I can't do this um, after we're done. You know, I'll work part-time because I don't think – I had eight months of being a full-time mom, and that wasn't really ideal either. But this was just awful. I had a stomach ulcer. I was very, very stressed out. And the baby was getting sick all the time from being in daycare. And it was just a big, big mess. So we decided at that point um, I will, you know, teach part-time. And then, you know, I my number one job on this earth will be a, a mother, just like I guess my mother was was to me. So when we um, finished our degree, I, we moved back to Canada. And Vaughn um, got a job right away as a heavy equipment mechanic at a, a construction company, which was a very, very well-paying job. And I um, got hired by the York Region District School Board as a supply teacher. So we had these great jobs and I was part-time working and, you know, a lot of flexibility and our son was in daycare. We were expecting number two. And, you know, at that point we became homeowners because when I was expecting number two, my parents pretty much said, get the heck out. You need to find your own house now. So <laughs> we were paying for a mortgage and we were paying for all this stuff. And we really realized living in Markham really, really requires two full-time salaries how are we going to continue this dream of me staying at home for the most part to raise our family? Because we always wanted a large family. We always wanted four children. And because of this, it really made, like my our story starts, my mother taught me always be in charge of the finances. So while he was out working, I was planning all our money and doing some investments, say in mutual funds and stocks and trying to save um, 10% and do what I call today the government hamster wheel. And it just was not working. I mean, we were getting minimal returns, if not negative returns. Our money wasn't growing and working for us. And like we knew that we had to do something different. So I started uh, researching and we started discussing about real estate. And real estate, um, you know, really became our main focus at that time. And we started creating our own wealth building portfolio through real estate and really figured out how to create enough cash flow every month so I could stay home. That was the first obstacle. So that's that, that that's really fascinating. Now there was something you said that caught me. You said we came back to Canada. Where were you when you were studying? Okay, yes, yes. Well we missed a huge part of the story, isn't it? <laughs> so yeah. Vaughn and I met in Australia. Yeah, I was going to ask, how did you meet? So why were you in Australia? I was traveling. I've always been a very avid traveler. Okay. And I went through a bit of a school-to-work transition um, after I graduated from the University of Guelph. And working um, for a year, I decided, you know, I think I'm going to go and travel the world before, you know, settling down. And that's where I met Vaughn. Ah, Okay. So we lived all over Australia together as well, and we've had a real life of freedom and adventure, which is which has been great because we spent the first year and a half of our relationship in in Australia, traveling all over Australia and living in different parts, and we had some very very good times. So now, what's interesting is you said you realized when you were back in Canada and you were working and struggling. You needed two full-time incomes, and you, Vaughn, were working as a heavy equipment mechanic. What did that entail? So I was main maintenance, pretty much, on a lot of the uh, earth-moving equipment that uh, did a lot of the sewer and water mains. Right. Throughout. Well, you know what's interesting about 
both of your journeys is that doing that kind of work, people can get stuck and find themselves doing the same work 30 years later. Sure. Because because the work is usually plentiful, um, the pay is okay, can be pretty good, and then they get into the whole trap of having benefits and having a, what they feel is a unionized security, yeah. and so they get trapped into living a life that is less than what their dreams are telling them. So you guys kept going for your dreams. Are there any other big obstacles that you had to overcome as you were evolving toward your new dream? You developed this system for investing in real estate, but I'm sure that that didn't just happen overnight. No, it did not. It did not. Um, we had, this was a time, this was about eight years ago, and it was a time where um, this was not the popular thing to do. Um, now it seems like everyone's, you can't turn on a television without seeing Flip Flop, HGTV, um, you know, Scott McGilvery, all these different real estate shows. Back then, this was not the cool thing to do, um, you know, and there really was no support group. We had to go out and do this all on our own. And then when we did get education, we had to pay a very, very hefty uh, tuition, and it was very, very expensive, and it taught us a lot of stuff and really got us going, but we did too much too soon. I mean, in our first year alone, we did over 100 transactions. So we were very A-plus students once again, and we were very active, and we were chasing this dream of financial freedom and letting me stay home, but I wasn't home at all. I was on the hunt for real estate deals. <laughs> now, you said tuition. Did you study like with, with Kiyosaki or someone like that? With one of the companies, yeah, the real estate companies. That, that wasn't, wasn't Robert Kiyosaki's? Well, if you're allowed to say it on your podcast, and you can omit it if you're not, it yeah, was Migrant Learning, which is affiliated with the Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Right, well, it's through Robert Kiyosaki. Yes, and we love Robert Kiyosaki. He's fantastic. He still would be definitely one of the, like we met him too, which was great. I know uh, the tuition's very high. It's uh, I know that now they're asking about $30,000 for entry into that program. Yes, and we paid yeah. a lot more than that. That's great. <laughs> That's great. All right. So it's great that we had the system, but what the problem with the, the, the program there is they don't give you the guidance and the support afterwards. And uh -huh. you're encouraged to buy, do a lot and almost do too much too soon. And we made a lot of money, but at the same time, we were sinking because we weren't planning. We were just buying. And often, you're not buying the right properties. We are going for more of a quantity um, and scarcity standpoint. We are looking for quantity rather than quality. Uh-huh. We thought that's what equated to success. Having 100 properties would make us super successful. We'd never have to worry about anything ever again. And in reality, we learned quickly that there's that's nothing farther from the truth than that statement. Which brings me to the next two questions. What was your lowest or darkest moment on this journey? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess uh, it always comes down to, I guess, uh, making bad choices. And then you look at your... Uh, all your debt collectors coming at you, and then you're looking at a huge deficit, right? And uh -huh. you're looking at it, and you're looking at it, and you're thinking, how am I going to dig myself back up out of this uh, debt, right? 
which pretty much created all all by ourselves, right? Uh, with some of the uh, choices which we've made, mistakes, mistakes I guess. Mm -hmm. And so I guess that would be one of our, I guess, lowest and darkest moments coming to the realization that we've uh, created this amount of debt and um, trying to figure out a way to get back up out of it, right? Well, that's great. That really is. Now, was there one defining moment that made you change your story and begin to reinvent yourself and make this new vision of your own clear? Yeah, actually, there is one very, very specific defining moment where we went to a mastermind group. Mm. Um, and the supersonic investors, which were us, because at this point, we didn't know that we were doing anything wrong, even though we were in huge amounts of stress, debt, 20-hour days, night terrors, everything. We still thought we were fantastic. And <laughs> we thought this was what it was about and went to this mastermind group, asked the coach to put us in the hot seat. And the reason we asked the coach to put us in the hot seat is so I would have an audience to show how great we are. <laughs> I know this is a horrible story. No, it's great. He, he shot me down so fast and so hard and basically called our bluff. The next day I phoned him, I was humiliated. I phoned him and hired him as a business coach. <laughs> wow. Wow. So and from that point, when we started working with that coach and really seeing what the truth was then that was, you know, a real defining moment to figure out that, hey, you are not a hot shot. You, this is not, you know, success. This is craziness. And this is not freedom. Mm. So that really, really was our defining moment because we were very disillusioned up until that point. Well, it's wonderful that you had the strength to recognize it, to accept it. And to grow from it. I mean, that's that's very powerful stuff. I mean, you're, you're hitting on some very, very uh, important insights here. People who have read Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill know that he says the most important thing is the mastermind. That once you have the principles of wealth in place, you really need the mastermind to make it happen. Yeah. And you went, you went to one and that you had the humility to be able to take the shot, learn from it, and then move on. That's that's fabulous. So did you, now how did your vision of what you were going to do begin to change and what did it change into? Well, we definitely changed our philosophy from quantity to focus on quality. So we axed about probably half of our portfolio, um, a lot of our cash-sucking properties, we got rid of it. Now, the one thing that we did through even our darkest days and all these things is, this is the funniest part, um, and we talk about this in our book, Real Estate Mistakes, Our Mistakes, Your Success. The funniest thing is we never stopped doing real estate, and we were really, really good at real estate and all these different transactions. And, well, we dug our way out by making other people money using these transactions. It's almost like we were better teachers than we were students. Mm -hmm. And so, and what we ended up doing 
to dig our way out really um, like as we reduced our portfolio and started these new success systems um, we are now only not investing everywhere and anywhere we had very specific investment models uh, we started forming really strong teams and then we started offering these services to other people so originally we we're helping people like anyone if you had a pulse we would help you and we would we would go to hell through hell and high water to get you a property of your dreams it was just at our expense like our investors were happy it was just us were the ones that were paying and that's how we dug our way out through the real estate transactions but yeah as we got this clarity then we started practicing what we preach and we started teaching other investors how to invest responsibly and how a couple of investment properties can really lead to true wealth building. Mm -hmm. I like that. It, what's interesting is that you ended up coming out of this bad place that you were in by serving others. That's yeah. correct. You know, it's, uh, that, this is classic. This is just wonderful. So can you give us even more of a picture of exactly how you work now what it is specifically that you do now and what you offer people so real property investments is almost a full service brokerage for real estate investors who want to get started but they're really not sure how to do it so we have a full service team from real estate agents mortgage brokers insurance lawyers accountants property managers home inspectors um, and, and we offer all these services and these professionals in each one of our areas. Now what Vaughn and I do is we are kind of innovators in the fact that we identify areas that our investors can still make money in. So we'll go to say Oshawa or the whole Durham region, Hamilton, uh, Barrie, Windsor, and KWC and create real estate investment models in each one of these areas. Meaning. Not only do we form the team, but we also form the price point, the exact type of property that the investor will be investing in, and the exact type of returns the investor will be receiving. So when someone is coming and they're ready to build wealth through buying real estate, they know exactly how much money they're going to need to have down, um, how much cash flow they should expect every month, and what their overall ROI is. Now we've taken it one step further. We don't only help investors grow their money in real estate and private market products, and that is actually their registered funds or cash. Instead of investing in mutual funds and stocks, we have a whole bunch of private market products that we vet and refer for. And so the investor can grow their money that way. So by mixing the alternative investment products as well, as well as the real estate, we now actually build a wealth building model, like a five year plan in which we almost coach and hold their hand for the five years, um, advising them on products to invest in or helping them invest in real estate or consulting if they're investing out of our area and really showing them the true numbers and the performance of their investments. And then we help align these financial goals with their personal dreams. So my mm. personal dream was to stay home. And that was our first accomplishment. We figured out, okay, we need to make this much money for Monica to stay home. Then after we achieved that, we moved on to our next goal. How are we going to fund our kids' university education? We bought property specifically for them to help fund four children's university. 
Then we moved on to our retirement and we did the same. And now Vaughn is working full-time doing mortgages for the company. He no longer works full-time as a heavy equipment mechanic. He sacrificed a six-figure salary because we planned to do that. And now he works full-time and he has freedom in his life. Fantastic. That is just wonderful. It's a very inspirational story. I love it. What, besides what you've already told me, what is it that individually fires you up? Oh, what fires you up, Vaughn? Remember, it's a family show. <laughs> I guess what really fires us up, I guess, is always a challenge to help someone, right? That's pretty much it, I guess, because a lot of people, they've um, done a lot of things and they didn't know where they were uh, actually going to. And that kind of fires us up to help them out, to uh, put them back on the right track, to help them uh, get their freedom in their life. Yeah. Like we, like I said, we had no one help us. We had to figure this out on our own. Well, I, wish, I wish we had yeah. our, like our past selves, have our future selves come back and teleport back into time and help us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's my experience that people who achieve great success, of course they need skills. But before the skills, they need a very powerful why that drives them. Because without that, then when things get tough, the tendency is to look for safety and give up. So do you have a passionate why? Is there one why for the two of you or are there individual ones that drive you and help you overcome any obstacle? I guess there's four whys, right? It's the kids. <laughs> okay. Put them at the top. <laughs> yeah, I get. Always been our why. I mean, and that even constantly evolves. Like first, it was our kids, stay at home for our kids. Then it was fund their universities. Um, then it was set up our kids for life because we want to help out our kids. But lastly, like you can't overlook also being a living example to your children is the most important thing you could do as a parent. Your kids are watching you. And to watch someone go off to work every day with their head hanging down and griping and complaining about how they have to work because this is what people do. I mean, you're just perpetuating the cycle. Whereas our number one thing, to we're living our dreams. Our kids are watching that. And this heightens their chance of going out and living their dreams. That's big. That's huge. Um, yeah, that that is wonderful. Thank you so much for that. Now... Do you uh, believe in formal personal development training? You know, going to seminars, learning from, uh, you know, the gurus, taking courses, etc. Yes, for sure. We've always uh, looked at personal development, whether it be uh, just talking to someone or whether it be going to a seminar and actually sitting down and trying to catch all the information that they're throwing at you and to try to put it into practice. Uh, you know, uh, we actually try to uh, do as much as we can with uh, personal development. Every day we do at least an hour, you know, even if it's reading a chapter of a book by a mentor like Bob Proctor or Robert Kiyosaki or Tony Robbins, um, you know, or catch, they have all these webinars or going to events. I mean, and plus with our business coach, I mean, we're doing personalized training every day. If you don't have a mentor and you don't invest in yourself, you're really not going to make it in this business. 
or any business really for that matter because mindset really is everything it is it is it's true are there specific thought leaders that stand out for you that have inspired you the most you've mentioned a few names but do any of them really stand out you see can pinpoint and say yeah this individual's um, inspiration helped me a lot well robert i mean yeah robert kiyosaki but tony robbins i'm a huge Tony Robbins fan. Vaughn, I think you're Bob Proctor a lot, right? Yeah, I guess, um, you know, I guess everyone has a, I guess, has a hand in there when you're looking at personally developing yourself, you know, because uh, there's one thing that might just uh, stand out when you're at a seminar, and that's most probably all you need, right? Because mm-hmm. you may have never heard it in a particular way in which they explain it to you, you know, it's the same as going to school every day. It's one teacher can talk to you at all, mm-hmm. uh, talk to you all day and you won't get it. But soon as uh, someone else explains it to you in a different light, you know, like it's like a light bulb goes off in your head and you're like, I never really heard it that way. Yeah. And then yeah. they're like, but you've been hearing it all day, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I guess uh, with personal development and uh, all those types of things, I I would say uh, everybody has a hand in there, right? Whether from growing up to essentially tomorrow, right? And the future going forward. But for you, Yvonne, is there one particular thought leader that stands out? Like for Monica, it's Tony Robbins. Well, I guess uh, I guess I'm reading uh, Bob Proctor at the moment. And I guess he's, uh, uh, I guess, a thought leader for me right now. And he's from Toronto. That's for sure. He's a Canadian. Oh, yeah. He's actually from my neighborhood. Oh, Oh, really? Yeah. You know, he used to be a fireman. He was a fireman in East York. Wow. Many, many, many decades ago. Yeah. And, um, you know, you talk about Tony Robbins. uh, You know, I'm I'm in a network marketing company, right? Yeah. We just discovered that this August at our signature event called Celebration, the keynote speaker for more than three hours is Tony Robbins. Wow. That's amazing. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, he's... Yeah, that's really, really exciting. Is there a vision that defines what you do? And if there is, can you paint a picture of it? Um, The vision, like, do you mean sort of a vision of... Like a vision in which way, sorry. I meant to ask you about this question. I didn't understand the question. Yeah, no, it's, 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 yeah, I, I, I see why. Um, you kind of began to touch on it when you said that what you do is beyond real estate. It's, it's Maybe you did answer it in terms of what you do for people is create a complete strategy for creating wealth and a balanced life. So that you don't just show them how to invest in properties, but you kind of hold their hands and it's a four or five year plan, right? Absolutely, yeah. So I guess you did paint that picture. Okay, and, good. And we, <laughs> I meant and to we, contact you about that question. It's okay. I just interviewed myself. I asked you a question and I answered it. <laughs> By the way, um, do you guys have Netflix? We do. Have you seen the documentary, Anthony Robbins, I'm Not Your Guru? Yes. Yes, we did. Isn't it powerful? It was. Powerful, yeah. Yeah. 
That is I really... want to go see him in March. I wanted to go out and see him in March. Where? Attend one of his seminars in California. Oh. Mm-hmm. Which one? The, the Date with Destiny? No, the um, other one, The Power Within. He brings, uh, sometimes comes and does it in Toronto, too. Well, that's what I'm waiting for, because we saw him um, two years ago or a year ago in Toronto, and he was amazing. I didn't know mm-hmm. anything really about Tony Robbins, and I saw him in person and just changed our life. He changed oh, our yeah. energy, and, oh, he's just incredible. For someone to change your life like that, I mean, it's just fantastic. I think you'd have to come away unaffected. Uh, the only way you can do that is if you're in a coma when you go in. <laughs> so you know? true. It's so true. Yeah. <laughs> change your physiology. Yeah, I'm yeah, besieged, yeah. But it says so many powerful things, like about your mindset, taking massive action, you know, choosing your language. Like my kid, my our tween, he gets so irritated with me or peeved, as Tony would say, <laughs> um, <laughs> when he's always like, because I tell him like, you need to choose your words because if words affect your moods, which affect your actions. So he gets so annoyed because he'll be like, I'm nervous, and I say, you're not nervous, you're alive. So he'll go, Mom, I'm really nervous. And no, I'm not alive. <laughs> well, maybe instead of, you know what? That's a great point. You Because, you know, look, the nature of my show, change your story, change your life. That's what it's about. It's that every single word you speak to yourself is creating some kind of reality. But, you know, it's interesting. As a, as a teen, teenagers, of course, are going to, uh, they're going to fight the authority. Have you ever thought of just asking the question, say, so you tell me that you're nervous. Is there any way that you could reframe that so that you would feel much better? Mm-hmm. You know, just ask the question and leave it to the, to the, uh, the individual. I like that. I'm taking you up on your advice there. Here's one that you can try right now, for instance, in terms of language. Say to me, you know what, Lewis, we really need more money this month. Just say it out loud. Lewis, we really need more money this month. Monica, you say it. We really need more money this month. Okay, now we're going to reframe that. You're going to say, Lewis, we really deserve more money this month. Lewis, we really deserve more money this month. Monica. Lewis, we really deserve more money this month. Which feels better? That one. Really deserving money this month. Exactly. Because what happens, ironically, and it's this can be backed up by physics, that when you start to say need, the energy you're putting out has is tinged with a bit of desperation and anxiety, and it tends to create more of the same. It tends to not bring you what you want, but what you don't want. But when you begin to use empowering language, it tends to bring you what you want. You just, you know, it's just powerful stuff. Yeah, Yeah. I I love it. (laughs) Yeah, we believe all that stuff. So we're very, very conscience and what we say what we do what we think we really yeah and control we're not very emotional in that regards we're very aware and op- operate in in you know cognitive consciousness i guess you could say 
Yeah, it's more you re- you attempt to respond rather than react. Yes, yeah. and we don't play the victim. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a big one. So yeah. where do you see yourselves in five years? What is your vision for that? We will be 45 years old. Huh? <laughs> well, that that's going to happen whether you have a vision or not. <laughs> You know what? We are having such a great time and we have such a great life. I guess we could just see ourselves, um, you know, with the same amount of freedom, like giving time for ourselves every day, making our kids our number one priority. I mean, our eldest will be going off to university, so that will definitely need to be there for him. And just like being an average, you know, we have a strong marriage and we try to make it stronger every day. And, you know, we try to be hands-on parents and we just have a lot of fun with our life. It's filled with travel and friends and family and health and fitness and enjoying ourselves. And we're living the dream now. I don't plan to put hold off on our dreams for five years. I'm just, I guess, even more abundance, more wealth, and uh, even more health and happiness. I guess continued health and happiness in in five years, just like we're doing now. Hopefully we're just five years older and just as happy. That's a good start, but what I'm going I'm to push you a little more. Are there any specific landmarks that you've set, it's very specific, to say, okay, uh, an example would be, right now, this is what? We're allowing ourselves to do this is what we feel we can comfortably do. Maybe in five years, for instance, we plan to be living in, maybe it's a different uh, part of the world, it's a different kind of house, anything. Is there anything like that at all? Or a place that you are aiming to go to that you haven't or anything like that? We've done everything. We've lived ah! all- <laughs> You know what? Honestly, I've lived on every ocean in the world. And um, Vaughn and I, we don't wait. We just do it. Like, we've traveled to Australia with our kids. We're going to Europe this summer Hawaii. with our kids. We, we pretty much take vacations quarterly. We've been to Hawaii several times. Um, we do have Dubai on our list. I was looking at that today. Okay. We, we really don't put things off. We really live for today. And I think because we've been through so much, we really kind of, um, you know, take what life has to offer and just go for it. And we really don't hold things off too much. We, I, I know this sounds funny. And I told you at the start of this call, I'm boring. I love living in Markham. We're hosting an event tonight for Markham citizens on this, with this developer about this real estate seminar in Markham. I love real estate. I love Markham. We have great schools here. We have a fantastic neighborhood. We live in a great house. I mean, I guess you could add mansion onto the list. Maybe we'll live in a mansion in five years. But you know what? I don't even believe in spending a lot of money on your personal residence. So unless a mansion comes along at a deep discount or for a very cheap rental, <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably might still even be here. I mean, it's fantastic. Uh, we'll have to talk after this call. I have a few mansions that have been trying to sell. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what, though? Because you said you've been everywhere. I guess uh, for you guys, maybe it'll be... Um, uh, getting in touch with Richard Branson and getting on that uh, that space flight, and and, and visiting uh, you know and getting into off world living, which is coming right down the pike. 
Uh, yeah. do, do you guys have a favorite? Do you have any favorite books that you'd like to recommend uh, that you know that that really uh, inspire you and you can recommend? Uh, I guess the book we read was a Prosperity Bible, and then I guess uh, another book that I'm reading right now. I'm not like the fastest reader, but uh, I'm reading uh, Bob Proctor. You were born rich. Yeah, I've got that. Yeah. So what, Prosperity Bible. Who's that by? The Prosperity Bible was a compilation of all the the great um, works of like Napoleon Hill, um, with the Think and Grow Rich, just like Bob's. That's the book that Bob is based off of, and it has all the um, all different similar compilations like that. Are you familiar with um, Napoleon Hill's Outwitting the Devil? No. Hmm. I highly recommend that you get it. Um, it's an amazing story, and it was only recently published because his family had to keep it suppressed. His life was in danger when he wrote it. Oh, wow. It's that revolutionary. Yeah. It's amazing. I will amazing. definitely get that title from you after. Outwitting the De Devil. Sounds Outwitting good. the Devil, by, and it's by Napoleon Hill. And if you can get it on audio, it's fantastic to, to hear because the guy who reads it does a very, very dramatic reading of it. Yeah. Now, I just want to add a little thing here from for our listeners. My listeners that I affectionately refer to as storytellers, because that's what we are, storytelling machines, all of us. Um, you're hearing some very powerful resources offered to you here. Books and audiobooks. And remember that our sponsor is Audible. And as a listener to this show, you're entitled to go to Audible and search from, uh, I even forgot, but it's, I think, more than 100,000 titles. And you can choose an audiobook of, that you really like and download it absolutely free and also get a one-month free trial of uh, the Audible service. Go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power. That's www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power. And get your favorite audiobook download absolutely free. Now, do you have any favorite quotes? that you'd like to offer to us? I do have one quote that I've actually been using a lot lately for presentations. Um, and it's actually, it's, it's by Coco Chanel. And it says, um, my life didn't please me, so I created my life. Oh, I love that. And what about you, Vaughn? Do you have another one? Uh, I guess the usual one we always go with is, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. I don't remember who said that, but it is a good one. I think that was Benjamin Franklin. That sounds right. I believe it was, yeah. But it's very, very true, because if you, anything you do, if, even with teachers, when, when I was doing my master's in teaching, we have to create something called teaching plans. So teachers have, you know, a lesson plan for every single lesson that they're going to teach throughout the year. Do we ever use those lesson plans? No. But you will sink if you don't have those lesson plans. Mm -hmm. 
So that was kind of a really good backbone for being organized and being prepared and and even being like a homemaker. I mean, I could tell you in six months from now what we're having for dinner. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's amazing. It really is organization and just planning. And and when when you plan, you know, and I know it sounds kind of boring, but you can also plan for fun. Yes, you can. And you can plan for downtime. So, okay, I'm going to do this for this and this for this and this and this. And from two to three, I'm going to do whatever the heck I want. I have a nap or I can plan to, you know, do whatever I feel like. I can just cruise the Internet or do whatever. So I think planning really is important. Wonderful stuff. How can people contact you and to take advantage of your services? Uh, they can visit our website at www.rpinvestments.ca. And well, or we're on Facebook, Monica Von Jazik. Now, uh, you'd better spell it because uh, many people are going to spell Monica with a C and you don't. I do not, no. And Vaughn is not spelled V-O-N. So why, so. Don't, you, why don't you spell <laughs> the, your Facebook names slowly? M-O-N-I-K-A-V-A-U-G-H-A-N-J-A-Z-Y-K. J A, right? Z Y K. Now, for the Americans listening, the Z is a Z like zebra. <laughs> yes, that is correct. Yes. Now, when you spelled Vaughn, you you said it's V A U G H A N. That's correct. Oh, interesting. Because I would have left the A out at the end, right? I know, eh? So my my. Uh, call to it is always like the city of Vaughan, right? If you're here in Toronto. If you're here in Toronto, <laughs> yes. You're American <laughs> listeners. <laughs> and it's rpinvestments.ca, correct? Yes. Don't forget That's... the S. And don't forget the dot .ca. <laughs> the S at the end, yeah. Now, you know what? I want to jump back because remember when you were talking about all the different areas where people can, where you will source good real estate investments. You mentioned an acronym, three letters like KWC or, or, or QW. What was that? Oh, that was KWC. Yeah, that's Kitchener, Waterloo, Cambridge. Oh, okay. For a minute, I thought you were doing an ad for Kentucky Fried Chicken. And I, <laughs> I said, that's kind of odd in the real estate game. But, um, you know, <laughs> are there any final thoughts that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Um, well, I wouldn't mind telling them about our book. Oh, please. Yeah, please do. (laughs) Uh, We recently published our our first book. It's called Real Estate Mistakes, Our Mistakes, Your Success. And this book is a really in-depth tale of, you know, our trials and tribulations with real estate. It doesn't just talk about our wins. It talks about our losses and really gets in there for those lowest and darkest moments but also how we overcame them. And it kind of serves as a, a Coles Notes version. It's a very easy read. But it really has a hindsight perspective because they say hindsight is twenty twenty, And sometimes it's just the most simple words of advice that could stop you from making a mistake. Because when you finally get over your nerves and invest in real estate, and if you're going it at, on your own, you will make mistakes if you don't have a mentor or someone there teaching you so and it's sometimes it's because you're so into it and your nerves are you know you're operating on all cylinders your nerves are shot 
the most basic things sometimes you overlook and it can result in very costly mistakes. So the, the purpose of this book is really to, you know, offer pretty practical advice that are, are common mistakes and it kind of acts almost like a coach to people who are investing in real estate or trying to, to move forward with building wealth. And where can they find this book? It will both American and Canadians can and Australians can get the book on Amazon. So it's Amazon.com or Amazon.ca. And once again, the name of the book is Real Estate Mistakes, Our Mistakes, Your Success. And uh, is there a Kindle version? There is. There's a Kindle version and there's a hard copy version. Now, is there an audio version? Not yet. We're in the okay. process of doing the audio version. Okay. This has been absolutely wonderful. You've offered so many inspirational, uh, authentically inspirational uh, gems to the audience, and I can't thank you enough. And, um, yeah, you're going to help our audience to change their story. You. Indeed, you're going to help our audience to change their story and change their lives. Thank you, storytellers, for tuning in live today. Remember to download a free audiobook of your choice at www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power. If you got value from today's show, share it with your friends. Tell them that they can listen to it on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and at the website changeyourstorypodcast.com. And of course, at that website, there's a free gift waiting for you a downloadable ebook called Storytelling Secrets for a Rich Life and Business. I want to leave you with this thought. Are you living a life that you've settled for that falls far short of the life you see in your dreams? Then take courage and receive inspiration from what you heard today from Monica and Vaughn, and seriously ask, how can I change my story and change my life? Tune in to the next episode of Louis DiBianco's podcast. Become unstoppable as you learn to change your story, change your life.